we had been speaking um, the last couple weeks just about um, our, our thoughts and the negative words that come um, into us and trying to recognize that. Uh, but the Lord was wanting me to go to this next step about walking in alignment. And so that's what I'm going to be teaching on is between the natural man and the spiritual man and walking in alignment with God. And so um, when we accept, when we have been accepted the Spirit of God, so when we accepted Him as, as Lord and Savior in our life, the Spirit of God automatically came into our hearts and he is dwelling within us. And so we now live in two worlds. So we, have a, we live with our feet planted on this, this natural earth. It's our reality. It's who we are. But we also are seated with him in heavenly places. And it says in Ephesians 2, 6, it says he raised us up together with him when we believed. So the moment we believed in Jesus, we are now seated with him in those heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. So we are spirit, soul, and body functioning as one. And I know we have done teaching on that spirit, soul, and body, and I know Sharon has a great teaching. I think she's going to probably get back with, with that. But that is the, the parts that we function here on earth. And so we are also are present here, but we're also present in the spiritual realm so we have to see ourselves as seated even though we're walking here we are still seated with him in heavenly places and we know that the natural the natural reality and the spiritual reality with the spiritual realm it is actually an exalted position okay and so when we speak we have the power we have the authority from our words, because now we're, we're in that position that's in the spirit, it's exceedingly above everything. So everything that we speak, our words, it's powerful. And so that's what goes into that spiritual realm. So when we speak things, we speak life, okay? And it goes into existence. Um, when we speak, we also hold the power and the authority that Jesus has given us. And so it comes from that position of being exalted in that heavenlies. We always fail to realize what our spiritual authority is here on earth. And so we have such spiritual authority. We need to begin to walk in it. We need to begin to operate in it. So the spiritual realm is stronger than the natural realm because it will outlast the physical because it says one day heaven and earth is gonna pass away. But where are we seated? We're seated above all the principalities, all the powers, everything that's, it, that's trying to claim its might and dominion over us, we are seated far above those things and we're equipped with the same power and the same authority of Jesus. And I think we all know that, but man, we got to really begin to operate in that. Many people end up coming more into agreement with what is going into the natural because it's what we see, it's what we hear, it's what we, we um, taste, it's all of our five senses. And so that's more of a reality to some people 
because it's easier for them rather than to see those things in the spiritual. And it does. It takes faith to see those things because it says we need faith to see those things that we can't see so that they will come into existence. So the transformation of our eyes and our minds, that's what we see with faith. So, for instance, sickness. I know a lot of people are dealing with this right now, and I am too. But sickness or anything that I lack in the natural doesn't exist where Jesus is. If we're seated with him in heavenly places, there's no sickness. There's no sickness. And so we have to be spiritually minded to say, you know what? I am seated with him in heavenly places. So sickness, whatever you're doing in my body, you have no right. I take power and authority over you, and you have to go in the name of Jesus because I'm seated with him and I'm healed. Jesus died on that cross, and he was crucified. Just the most horrible death that anybody, he was unrecognizable. And so he did that for us. My sickness, when I see him on the cross, I see my sickness everything in my body that's going wrong he's already done it for and so i can claim my healing because he says when we're taking communion this is my body in remembrance of me take it eat it drink it this is for you i've done this for you your healing is already uh you're healed in the spiritual and we just got to get that in the natural and, and a lot of it, you know, people always wake up, man, I don't feel so good. Well, it's because you're saying you don't feel so good. You know, most of the people, they're doom and gloom. It's like, no, I am walking in the power and the authority of Jesus. And I am not claiming sickness. Just like uh, uh, Terry had said, you know, I am healed resisting sickness in my body. And I've had to say that many times this week. Many times. So we, we must choose to keep the position where we're at, our elevated position in the spirit, and not allow the enemy or my natural man to get in the way and get me out of alignment with my faith. Because when he does that, then we, don't, we, have, we doubt. We have fear that comes on us. And so we have to have a belief in who we are, and we have to have the power and the authority and realize that's what you hold. That's your position. That's your authority. And so we have the same power that Jesus has. And I know sometimes we're like, eh. no, we do. We have the same power that Jesus did because he told his disciples, go, do these things. You're going to do greater works. We've got to do that. He said we are, but why aren't we doing it? So the, defini uh, the definition of alignment actually refers to the correct positioning of something. It's adjusting something so that it's in the right place. <coughs> Alignment is also being in agreement with. So that's the definition. So it's the correct positioning of something. It's adjusting something so that it's in the right place. And it's being also in agreement with, okay? So I don't know much about cars, <laughs> but I know that it's important that the wheels, the car tires, have the correct alignment. Because when the tires are out of alignment, 
our steering wheel shifts either to the right or to the left. Okay, so it starts pulling in that direction and it also affects the tires and they wear out unevenly. And so it affects the overall performance of your car. So our natural man wants to be in charge. And many times we allow the circumstances of everything that we're going through and our own desires and we begin to, those things begin to steer us a little bit off to the right and to the left because we're, because this is what we want to do, you know? And so now we're being motivated by our own wants, our own thoughts, our own abilities, our own desires. And we've actually gone off course because that's not what, what God wants from us. So we're not in alignment with him when we go off on our own and do those things that it's really not his will for us to do. And many times we know we're like, oh, I got I know I probably shouldn't have done that. So then you kind of go, oh, God, I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's our thoughts. It's the unbelief. It's because God doesn't want us to have unbelief or fear and all this other stuff within us. Because when we start believing that way, the enemy's already has an open road here. It's an open door. And so now we get off kilter and we're not standing strong. If we're standing strong in the Lord and the power of his might, we're resisting the enemy and he's not moving us. So that's where we need to be. So number one, we got to come in agreement with God. Amos 3.3 says, do two walk. So do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so. So unless two people agree on a destination, they're never going to come together. So when we draw close to God through prayer, through reading of his word, we become aware of his presence. We become aware of his thoughts. We become aware of his love and grace that surrounds us. It's, and it's a protective shield around us. And we become one with him. And so when we begin to know his heart, we are in tune with what he wants. And so we're hearing what he's saying and we're trusting him. We know he's talking to us and we're, we have to be content in the process and the journey that he's taking us in. <clears throat> Number two, the only way to know his heart is through intimacy with him. And so, again, this has to be done by prayer. It has to be done through meditation of the reading of his word and singing during worship. That's that's my time. Man, I wake up with a song in my heart and I'm worshiping God. I and most and probably 99.9% .9 of the songs is talking about God and who he is in me and it's me declaring who he is. And so worship music, I'm telling you what, a merry heart doeth good like medicine. There's a reason why it's in the Proverbs, you know? And so that is what we need to do. So if you're ever going through a hard time, and you feel like the enemy is just bombarding your mind with all these thoughts and negativity, get into worship. That automatically takes care of that. It's like, a, it's like pulling that fiery dart out with the praise and worship of God. That is your weapon. So we have to uh, be close to him through intimacy, through prayer. Let him talk to us. Let him speak to us. There's strength in agreement. When we align our faith and our actions with God's plan, we become a part of his divine partnership. I want to partner with God in everything. I want to do his will. 
I don't want Janice's will. I want God's will for my life. And so we have to in- embrace where he's taking us, and we have to be content with where he's taking us. But how do I know if I'm aligning myself with God? Again, what's your thought process? What is it? What are you saying? What are you believing? If you're believing anything that contradicts the word of God, then I would say you're out of alignment. Okay? You get into the word of God and you begin speaking his words, you're in direct alignment with him because you're speaking the word. It's the truth. And it sets us up to follow and to actually do what the word of God says because we're hiding it in our hearts and we're doing that. We've talked about how important it is to truly know your identity in Christ and his thoughts toward us. Um, It's who he says we are. We know that. We've talked about our belief system, uh, the uh, core set of values, the convictions that guide our thinking, it uh, guides our behavior, um, even our influences, our perspectives on how we uh, portray certain things or speak certain ways. So our belief systems, it develops from childhood. So we end up getting all that influences from our parents, from people around us, uh, influence of teachers, uh, even other kids, you know. So we, we get that belief system immediately as a child growing up. And that begins to shape our behavior. It begins to shape our attitudes. So what is it? Uh, so if you've got a bad attitude, look back in your childhood. Where did that come from? So everything that we do, it's, in, it's probably been in our past. So it's a learned behavior. Um, have you ever been around someone you're like, man, it seems like they were just born negative. I, they never say anything positive. Okay, there was something happened that in their childhood that, that brought them, something influenced them to be that way. And so we have to be mindful of what did we go through? What has changed our behavior uh, to make us think differently than, than what God wants us to think? Uh, the devil, he likes to convince us that we're not good enough, we're not worthy. Um, again, the doubt and unbelief. Um, doubt and unbelief, I tell you what, it shackles us. It's that negativity. It's Because the devil wants us in despair and hopelessness. That's, that's the, the main one. He wants us to be hopeless. Because when we're praying for something and we don't see God answering, so to speak, we, we get hopeless. We figure it nothing's going to change. And so that's the number one thing that the enemy wants to use against us is for us to feel hopeless, that it's not going to change. We're not going to get out of the situation. There's no hope. It's been, it's been 15 years, you know. So we have to be careful and say, no, our God can get us out of that situation. And then to realize, too, that he has always been there with us. So that's how quickly we can become out of alignment with God because we begin to take over the steering with our attitudes, with our opinions, with our disbelief. Um, And so when those things are happening around me and it's in chaos, I feel like God's abandoned me, which allows that doubt, that unbelief to come in. And so now I'm, I'm believing the things the enemy wants me to believe that it's, it's hopeless. And so that's where we need to make sure that God is steering my life. I'm looking at him and I'm not allowing the enemy to take me or to change my thought 
process and I want to be strong in that and know that God is in control and I'm not going to give place to the enemy. Amen? Amen. So who are we agreeing with? So if we're not in alignment with God's thoughts and words spoken us, things can remain unchanged. Paul cried out in Romans 7.23, and I'll read that. I discern another power operating in my humanity, waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience. <coughs> and that means to uh, war against the law of our mind. And so it's bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin, this unwelcome intruder in my humanity. Verse 25, he finally turns around and he says, Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so he, he knew that you know, his natural man here was, was getting him to this place that he's like, No, but God is in my situation. Romans 8, 6 says, If our minds are ruled by the Spirit, we will have life and we will have peace. <clears throat> Excuse me. Acts 17, 28. We all kind of know that scripture. It says, in him we live and move and have our being. So we're his offspring. I love that. We're all, we're, we're all related to Jesus. Amen? <clears throat> and so we begin to change when our hearts beat in rhythm with a very heartbeat of God. I love the one song that we always sing, I want to sit back and lay my head against his, his heartbeat and hear the heartbeat. I want to drink from his cup. That's what we want. We want to be so in one with what Jesus is doing that his heartbeat and my heartbeat, we're in rhythm with one another. I am doing the very thing that Jesus wants me to do. And so when we align ourselves up with him and believe those things that we can't see even with the the natural eyes, but we're going to begin to see the blessings poured out when we're in, in direct alignment because God wants to bless us. He wants to pour out his blessings upon us. And so it's going to manifest in the natural. Just be encouraged that it's going to happen, but we got to trust him knowing that he's got the best plans for our lives. And he's walking with us every step of the way. We're not alone. He is with us. Um, we're not here by accident. You have a purpose. You have a plan. You have a destiny. God is writing your story. It's already written in heaven. So he has the full picture of your life and where he wants to take you. It's up to us now to be obedient when he says, walk this way, go this way. There was a reason why we went to Florida. You know, God had a perfect plan for us. So we just said, we know God wants us there, but I may not like it, but I'm going to go. You know, we left our whole family. That's hard as, as parents to leave your children and move to another state that you got to drive like 16 hours to, you know. But it was hard, but we, fought, we knew God was telling us to go there. And again, you, you, many of you know the story. And I, and I remember Ryan met his girlfriend, his wife now. He met her in Florida. There, were, there was a reason why Ryan was struggling here. And he says, Mom, I want to come and live with you in Florida. We're like, come, come live with us in Florida. There was a reason why that happened with Ryan. Because God was like, because we look at it negatively. It's like, no, God, God can't be in this. No, God, was move, God allowed that to happen so Ryan could move to Florida because his wife was there. <laughs> 
and he met his wife there and he married her so there's always a reason and then and then shortly after i remember sitting in the chair and god says okay you're done and then all of a sudden next thing we know barry barry's getting a call from someone here at company afni and pekin saying we want you back i mean it was like god orchestrated everything and so we just had to be obedient to go what if we didn't have wouldn't have gone you know, we, we have to know that you got to hear God. And even though we in the natural, we may say, I don't want to leave my children. I don't want to leave my family. But it was like God was saying, you need to go. And we knew that we knew that we knew it was God telling us to go. I mean, I remember that day when my husband, we didn't even really talk about it. He, he, uh, he said, let's go out to dinner. We went out to dinner and we sat across from each other. He goes, I have something to say to you. And I said, we're moving, aren't we? <laughs> and he said, yes, we are. I mean, we, we both knew. And I tell you, if you've got a husband and you're married, God's going to tell you both. I'm telling you, he's not going to just tell one because that other person's going to know because God's going to speak to them too. And I mean, we knew it. I mean, other times that we're sitting at dinner and all of a sudden I'm looking at Barry, he's looking at me, and he's like, I'm like, I know what you're going to say. He says, yep. He said, we're going to pay for their meal. Yep. Didn't even talk about it. But it was like all of a sudden, God was depositing something in me, depositing something in Barry, and we're like, we're supposed to do that. Yep, let's do it. So we go to the waitress, sneak around. We're like, we're going to pay for their meal. Okay, not a problem. We don't get that very often. But we knew that God spoke to us to do that. So you've got to be able to listen and be in alignment with him so that he can direct you, he can guide you, and you will be uh, just so in a place with God that he's going to use you in a mighty way. And again, that blessed that family tremendously, I'm sure, <laughs> because they had about five kids sitting at their table, and we, had, we paid the bill. <laughs> so we know how expensive that was. But still, we know that that was a blessing to them. But we didn't stay long enough to, to find out. But that wasn't our heart to, to get how, how that was. We just knew that God spoke to us. So. so we have to realize that we can impact other people's lives when God can use us. So we have to be in alignment with what he's saying. Um, it's going to uh, manifest in the church. It's going to manifest through your life. It's going to affect your marriage. Everything that you're going through, when you're aligned, God's just going to put everything into place. It's, it's remarkable, and you can see it. Um, there's a story, I want to share a story, of a prominent pastor. He was a diplomat who traveled all over the world. His name was Dr. Monroe, and he was speaking at a church in Houston. Uh, Texas, and it was Pastor Foster's duty to be this man's driver to get him to the airport after he spoke at this uh, conference. And so, so he he kept looking at his clock, you know, looking at his watch. He's like, "Oh boy, God, I'm getting worried because this, you know, Doctor Monroe." He kept talking and talking and talking, and he's like. Man, if I don't leave now, we're going to be in Houston traffic. There's no way he's going to get to the airport on time. It's just not going to happen. And he's like, God, please shut him up. Tell him to stop is what he, he was thinking. He goes, make him stop talking because I have to leave now in order to get him to the airport on time. And so finally, 
he did he stopped and so he gets in the car and he starts to go and uh, the the diplomat the uh, dr monroe says i believe we have a police escort and the guy's like oh cool okay and so here's the police that pulls right in front of them and so he, they're following him and all of a sudden he's looking down and, and he's like man we're going 90. he's like this is awesome i i've always wanted to go 90 you know <laughs> but i've got i've got this police in, in you know in here and i don't have to have a ticket you know so he's giving me permission to do this he's like the traffic was parting like the red sea he said i felt like moses it was just everybody was getting over and we were just flying down uh, you know the interstate and so when they finally get there they came to a stop at the airport and uh, Dr. Monroe says to his driver, and he says, did you see? He's a, he was thinking, yeah, I saw it. It was awesome. You know, the cars are going this way. Yeah, I saw it. But he, he just replied, yes. And he said, this is what's so profound. He said, what you have just seen is the difference between power and authority. He said, your vehicle, he said, in your, let's, let me read that. He, he said, in your vehicle, you have all the power that you want to get anywhere that you want to go. But it is your alignment with the authority in front of you that opens the doors for you that, that, that cannot be opened by yourself. So think of that. It's the authority that made that way for, for them to go through. That's the same authority that we have with Jesus. He's got the authority. So when we're in line with him and he's leading us, he's, he's opening those doors. He's making our path straight if we just listen to him. Revelation 3.8, Jesus was speaking to the church of, uh, in Philadelphia. And he says, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet... You have kept my word and have not denied my name. I'll tell you what, how many can relate to that scripture? I know you have little strength, but you've kept my word and you've not denied my name. I tell you what, I've been in a lot of places where I've had, felt like I have no strength left, but I'm still relying on God. I've not denied him in my situation. He's there. So we have to align our life with what God is doing in our life. We have to watch him move, watch him open those doors that we've been praying about because he's going to open them and he's going to prepare that way. And we're going to receive those miracles that we've been praying for. Acts 2, we know what happened there. It's powerful. It's the story of um, the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit that came with fire. And he says, the God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven came together as one. And he told them to wait for the gift of the Father that he promised. And he, it was explaining that when he comes, they're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. When the Holy Spirit was released, there was a sound. It attracts people. They become tuned in to what's going on. A crowd outside heard the power being released. And the Holy Spirit began to speak so that those who heard 
heard the, their very own languages being spoken. And the, during the study of this, it said there was 15 different people represented from different areas. 15 different languages were represented. So they were all there. Think about this. So in the natural, every person was speaking different things. Okay? They were all speaking different things. How would it be possible for each one of the people that was outside, how were they able to distinguish that voice in their own language? Think about that. If we all talked at once and someone could distinguish your, what you were saying and what you were saying, think about that. So the words... I believe the Holy Spirit allowed them to be tuned in to what they needed to hear. They needed to be tuned in. And so they began to hear and they began to understand what, was say, what they were saying. Because then they said they were amazed. And they began to try and understand in the natural. How many times do we try to understand? What's going on? So they tried to understand how is it possible that these Galileans are speaking our languages? And the words that they are saying, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. 